Well, good morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. We're glad that you're here. Um, we are in a series called God With Us. We started last week. We'll conclude this series on Tuesday night. So you have to come on Tuesday night, right? To get the third part. But the second part is going to be in the storm. And um, we're basing this series around a theme verse. This is what, uh, something that Matthew, one of the disciples, shared with us in what we call the book of, the, book of Matthew. But it's actually a prophecy from over 600 years earlier from a guy named, by the name of Isaiah. And uh, it says this, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Well, virgins don't have children, right? But there is going to be one that did. And she will give birth to a son, so it won't be a male. A fe- it would be a male, not a female. They'll call him Emmanuel. That's where Isaiah ends. Well, that's just a name to us. So Matthew... Names back then had meaning, significance, so he tells us what that, that word or that name means. Emmanuel, his name, means God is with us. So in this series, we're looking at different ways, through different circumstances, how we experience God different ways. One thing we can say about this, is, uh, this topic is this. It definitely tells us that God enters our mess, doesn't he? He left heaven to come to earth. Heaven's a perfect place. Earth is messy. So God entered our mess to help us get out of our mess. So last week, we talked about we enjoy God several different ways. One way we enjoy him is what we call mountaintops, right? So we have these really great experiences. Uh, Hopefully you had one of those. If you're not a Jesus follower, glad that you're here this morning. And uh, uh, hopefully one day you'll have that that, that experience with, with God through Jesus. But as enjoyable as the mountaintop experiences are, and they're relatively uh, unique, not, we don't usually stay there very long, uh, there's another area we go into, and that's the valleys. And one thing significant about valleys is there seems to be a greater intimacy with God. We draw closer to God. We depend on Him more in those valley experiences. Today we want to talk about storms. Now I want to encourage you all. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Either you're in a storm, you're just getting out of a storm, or guess what? There's a storm around the corner. Everybody encouraged now? Good. <laughs> Let me just say it this way. Life is tough. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Now it's the interesting thing about storms, um, especially hurricanes. Somebody came up with this idea to name hurricanes. And actually this began in 1954 and it was probably mostly men and they named them after wives or girlfriends. 1954. 1979 we had this equal rights thing. So half of them got to be spelled after male names. So now they alternate male and female names. Uh, If it's a really bad storm like Katrina, that name gets stricken off the list. You know, we won't have any more Katrinas. but isn't it kind of weird to name names? And I, got, I made a suggestion, you know, uh, it's kind of weird to name your illnesses or your whatever. And several people after the service told me they do that. So whatever your storm you're going through, you might want to name it. I don't know. That's up to you. <clears throat> but we can have generic names like we're going through, uh, I met a lady last night that uh, uh, 60 years old, her husband just divorced her. Uh, big storm, right? Uh, talk to you about my wife's recent medical 
problem. That, you know, uh, uh, pain in her skull, that, 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 that's a storm. Uh, some of you may have issues with, with children, either small children or, or adult children. Uh, you may have an addiction problem or somebody you care about has an addiction problem. Uh, on the group this side, I'm sure some of you are struggling financially. That's one reason we offer this, this class. <clears throat> so what do you do? So I'm going to start with a twist on that question. Where is God in the storm? Because when we go through these storms, it's easy to think, well, God is good and God is powerful. Why am I going through the storm? He could, get, he could end it. He could stop it. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, so where is God in the storm? So I'm going to give you kind of a catch-all statement. We're going to uh, reiter- reiterate this morning, and then we'll talk about this. <clears throat> Never allow the presence of a storm, whatever it might be, however severe, to cause you or I to doubt the presence of God. Because we tend to do that, don't we? But don't ever let that happen. So we're going to look at a literal storm that a guy by the name of Paul went through. Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. He's kind of like the first big missionary and uh, started churches and so forth. And near the book of Acts, the book of Acts after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the book of Acts. It's the history of the early church. So it's a historical event, something that actually happened and draw some lessons that you and I can learn from this. So... uh, Paul's on his way to Rome on this boat. Actually, it's a large boat. There's 276 people. That's how detailed the Bible is. It tells us exactly how many people were on that boat. And they were harboring for the winter in uh, Crete. And then somebody, probably the captain, decided, well, the weather's pretty nice. Maybe we can make it. It really wasn't the wise thing to do. But can you imagine the cost of being in port? during the winter for 276 people. So I can understand how he'd want to get out there. But he, they head off and get into the Mediterranean, then a terrible, well, Scripture's going to describe it as a terrible storm. So this is Acts 27, verse 20. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. So that's a pretty big storm, lasting for days. And uh, the thing is, though, it lasted so long that what happened? Gave up hope. It's like this is never going to end. Right? This storm is just never going to end. We're not going to survive it. Now, if they felt that way in a hurricane or whatever it was, don't you and I feel that way sometimes about our, our storms? Uh, this relationship storm, my wife and I haven't been getting along for years and doesn't seem to be getting any better. We've been to counseling. We've read the books. We've done everything. Uh, I, I don't know what else to do. Hope's gone. Uh, maybe you're wanting to have children and never have children and you've been to the doctors and you've tried this and you've tried that and you're still, and still no pregnancy and you're at a place where you're giving up hope. Uh, maybe it's some kind of illness you have and doctors prescribed this and prescribed that or suggested this and su- suggested that and nothing seems to work. So you're giving up hope. So one thing, issue is the storm. The other issue is, is there hope in the storm? So back to our story. No one had eaten for a long time in the midst of this storm. Maybe seasickness, I don't know. But they hadn't eaten. Finally, Paul called the crew, to get, crew together and said, Men, now I love this. 
People, some people don't believe the Bible's true. When you read this, you say, this must, must be true, because it's just like us. All right, here it is. You should have listened to me. I told you so, right? And so Paul, as spiritual as he was, he wasn't above letting people know that you should have listened. Uh, and you shouldn't have left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. So why were they in the storm? Well, the captain or somebody decided that this was best thing to do. <laughs> as it turned out, it wasn't the best thing to do. And it involved what? Damage and loss. Now, when you and I go through storms, we like to blame other people. Uh, especially Christian people like to blame the devil. And I was talking to my small group this week. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The devil's an entity. He's not like God. He's not everywhere. The devil's an entity. Now, what makes you think that you're so important out of all the billions of people in the world, the devil's going to spend time on you? Probably not, right? Now, I understand he's got demons and other things and temptations come from that. But most of our storms, we can't blame on the devil. All right? Just admit it. Most of them we can blame on who? Ourselves. All right. We all do dumb stuff and get ourselves into trouble. And so this sea captain was in this trouble because he made this bad, turned out to be a bad decision. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit in January, but, you know, people have health. I'll give you an illustration. Our dad died at 45 from emphysema. Why did he die at 45 from emphysema? Because he started smoking when he was a kid. And he smoked till he died. All right, whose fault is that? That was his fault. So we, we like to blame other things, but uh, we deal with the consequences of our actions, right? And so, in this case, the pro- part of the problem is this, that Paul didn't make this decision. In fact, he told him not to. Yet he's still suffering. So I'm going to put a statement on the, on the screen and on your outline. It, it's pretty long, but I think it's something that, that many of us might struggle with, and it's this. It's easier to believe that God will get me out of a storm when God got me into the storm, or I didn't get myself into the storm, than it is to believe that God will get me out of the storms when I get myself into them, right? It's some part of me that thinks, I, I deserve this. I need to suffer. Uh, you know, I did this. I brought this on myself, God, so, you know, I know your grace is wonderful, but I don't really deserve it. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Where the storm came from. We need to believe that God can get us out. <clears throat> now, as I said, for Paul and most of the crew, uh, passengers, it wasn't their fault. And all of us have been in storms that weren't, wasn't our fault. Maybe, like I said, a, a spouse, uh, a parent, a child, Maybe you're caught up in an addiction, and then you're caught up in dealing with them and their addiction. Um, financial decisions. I deal with people a lot that, that, that don't manage their finances and can't pay their electric bills or they can't uh, put food on the table. Um, there's all kinds of storms that people experience because of somebody else's decision. But where is our hope in the midst of the storm? Well, Paul's going to tell us Let's get back to our story. He says, but take courage. Okay. <laughs> We've had this terrible storm for days. None of us have been eating. Um, 
there's just like there's no end in sight. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And Paul says, okay, you don't need to be discouraged. Be encouraged. Now, it's kind of a good news, bad news scenario. So here it is. He said, none of you will lose your lives. Well, shoo, that's, fan- that's great, right? Big fear would be that you would lose your life. But notice what else he says. Even though the ship will go down. Do you ever want to be on a sinking ship? Anybody? I don't think so. And I'm sure the water was cold. It was winter time, even in the Mediterranean. And I'm sure some of those people couldn't swim. How frightening would that be? But Paul told them, nobody will die. You'll float to shore or whatever. So he gives us another reason. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, my God, stood beside me. Now, this is huge. We don't talk about this enough, I don't think. We talk a lot about the Spirit of God in us, and we talk about God being around us. But there's a whole spiritual realm. And the spiritual creatures, some of the angels you can see, some of you can't. And these are God's messengers, and and they're empowered. And I don't know if we have guardian angels, but uh, best I can understand, there's angels in this room right now. So not only is God in me as a believer, and God is around me with other believers. There's spiritual angels beside me. All right? So let me think about this. Got God in me, I got God around me, and I got an angel. What do I need to fear? So again, never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Why don't we say it together? That'd be good. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Now, I'm going to throw in a few other <laughs> verses. The first one from, from, from Paul, uh, he's writing to Timothy, that addresses this topic. You ever felt like this? Everybody abandoned you? Hopefully you haven't, but if you have, it's a terrible place to be. Paul, at one point, felt everybody abandoned him, but... What? The Lord stood with me and gave me strength. So I I don't have any other source of strength outside me, but the Lord is with me. His angels are with me. God is with me. I've got the strength, strength I need. The psalmist puts it this way. I know the Lord is always with me. And that's what this series is about, right? God is with us. He's always with me. Never leaves us, never forsakes us. Nothing you and I can do to to say, oh, I'm done with you. I'm out of here. God's just not going to do that. He's always with me. So consequently, I won't be shaken, for he's right beside me again. So, again, when you have God in you and God beside you, it changes you, doesn't it? It changes your outlook on the storm. If I'm going through the storm by myself, it can be scary. It can be, I can give up hope, but I never go through it alone. That's the amazing thing about being a Jesus follower, right? I'm never alone. I never go through anything alone. In fact, I'm empowered to go through whatever I have to go through. So it changes you. It changes your attitude. Uh, Who is with you? Changes, right? When God's with me, it changes if I'm all alone. Now, I warned my sister May, uh, some of you know, a silly illustration that kind of illustrates, hopefully illustrates this. Uh, I'm a year older than her, uh, but as children, we were both very 
little, thin, whatever. So we get on the school bus, and this boy would get behind me. I don't know if you remember this story. And plick my ears. That's why they stick out so much. Anyway, and uh, just infuriate me, but I didn't know what to do about it. So one day, my little sister lights into this kid. (laughs) Said, leave my brother alone. And guess what? He left me alone. So as long as I had my little sister next to me, I was good. And as long as you've got God beside you, he's not little, but, you know, you're, you're good. So uh, back to our boat analogy, though. It's all about who's in the boat in the middle of the storm. Right? Now, quick story about Jesus and disciples. <laughs> they were on the Sea of Galilee. Bad storm came up. We were there. It's kind of hard to imagine. It's pretty small, uh, the sea. It's like a lake. But there's this bad storm, and these are fishermen, and they're, they're afraid they're going to they're gonna drown. And Jesus is sleeping. <laughs> and uh, they wake him up. Jesus, Jesus, we're going to die. We're going to die. And Jesus kind of like, what? What are you afraid of? Where's your faith? What was he saying? I'm in the boat. Nothing can happen to you when I'm in the boat. Here's a picture to kind of give you a visual. Uh, for some of you, just whatever storm you're in, just, just see Jesus there in the boat with you. So real peace isn't found in the absence of storm because <laughs> we go through storm after storm. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus if he's in the boat. Now we all have bad days. We may have bad weeks. We may have bad months, right? Life is tough. It's difficult. Again, went through a storm. Another storm is coming one form or another. So, you're going to have peace or not. Not in or out of the storm, but in the presence of Jesus. <clears throat> uh, quickly, uh, something Jesus said to his disciples just before he was taken away and tried and crucified. He said this, I've told you all this. Uh, if you read chapters uh, 14, 15, 16 of uh, John, it's Jesus' last discord to the disciples. It's amazing. Uh, you can read it for yourself. But uh, this is an excerpt. It says, I've told you all this, that you have peace in me. Not that you would be peace in the world, or not that you'd always be without, without turmoil. He said, here on earth you will have what? What's the next word? Many. Many. Again, this is an encouraging message this morning. <laughs> You're all going to have many trials and sorrows. <laughs> now, it actually, it is, because that's just truth. But he said, you don't need to discourage. You can take heart because I have overcome the world. We say it this way sometimes. We may lose the battle, but we're going to win the war. The war is already won, in fact. So back to our story with, with Paul and, on the boat and, in Acts. Again, last night the angel of God, whom I serve and stood beside me, who I belong to. So when you're a, a, a Jesus follower, you belong to God. And then, of course, as a Jesus follower, we serve him. He said, don't be afraid. But you just told us the ship's going to sink. Don't be afraid. Um, This is actually the angel talking to Paul. And why did the angel tell Paul not to be afraid? He said, okay, Paul, for you're surely going to stand trial before Caesar. Well, I can't drown if I'm going to wind up going to, to stand trial before Caesar. 
So what is he saying? That, you know, God's got something more for you. So this isn't going to do you in. What's more, God in his goodness. Now, I love this part. We talk about the character of God. It's so important for you and I to realize the character of God because that's the God we serve. So we teach our little, little kids this, right? God is good. And that's not a simple, that's a, a huge concept. God is good. God, what's that? God is good all the time, all the time God is good, right? So no matter what storm you're in, whatever your circumstances look like, don't question the goodness of God. In fact, it's so amazing here that every one of those people, every two, you know, Paul could have been the only one that survived. But God, all 276 of them survived. Why? Because of God's goodness. So I put it this way on your outline. God has more battles for you to fight, more storms for you to, to get through, right? If he hadn't taken you out yet, if one of them hadn't taken you out, then, you know, that's, that's our future. That's your future. Um, storms, battles, you and I are going to have to fight. Relationally, I mean, relations are always up and down, right? Uh, could be financially, health-wise, uh, whatever it might be. But it's a really important issue we need to talk about before we finish this morning, and that's this. <clears throat> okay, so why am I going through these storms? Well, there's multiple reasons, but we're going to give you one big one here. God will use what you learn in your storm to prepare you to help others through their storms. So when you and I go through a storm, whatever type of storm it might be, it's not just for us. So, you know, if you've gone through addiction, it's to help somebody else with addiction, right? Addiction counselor. Um, you've gone through divorce, help somebody else with a divorce. If your spouse has died, it's to help somebody else's spouse has died. I usually use this illustration. Our 13th year of marriage, our marriage was rocky. Um, and so we went to our marriage counselor. It was the best thing we ever did. Not only because it helped our marriage, we've been doing marriage counseling for the last 30 years since then, using things that we learned through our storm. And we all have all kinds of examples of that that we can can apply. Just, so when you're in a storm, realize, what do I need to learn that other people can benefit from? So I summarized it this way. There's a purpose in your storm. Did that make this, the storm look completely different? Okay, God's got a purpose in this storm. I don't like it. Don't say I have to like it. But, you know, some good can come from this. Now, let me ask you a simple question. When you can come to your storms, even though they surprise you, do they ever surprise God? <laughs> no, God's not limited by time. He, he was there before and he was there after whatever storm you might be in. <clears throat> so we're going to give you an assignment at the end. It's going to be about finding somebody that you can help with what you learn through your storm. So now this next verse, is, this is amazing, what Paul says here. Back to our story. He says, so take courage. He says, for I believe God. People say, I believe God all the time. What does that mean? No, 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 here's what it really means. It will be just as he said. Do you really believe that it'll be just as he said? If you don't, you don't truly believe. And I'm sure all of us struggle with this from time to time. Even what we're talking about this morning. 
So I worded it this way. Faith is not what I see. You don't need faith when you see it. Faith is in what God says. Do I believe it? What he says. And believing means doing it. It's not a a mental thing. It's not an intellectual thing. Believing means actually doing it, living it. So in this case, Paul or the disciples, faith wasn't in the boat, the wood of the boat. The boat was made out of, was it? In fact, the one boat sank. (laughs) That wasn't any good. The faith was in this case, in Paul's case, the angel of God that said, everybody's going to be okay. That's what God said, and that's what happened. That's what their faith was in. So it's not the faith in the boat, it's the faith in the one who's in the boat with you. Now, a simple truth is this. None of us control storms. We don't cause them. We can cause them, I guess. Uh, We don't necessarily determine how long they last and how we get out of them. But there are some things we can control. So I also put this up on the screen. You can't control what people do or think. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if you could? That would get rid of a lot of storms, right? <laughs> control what people do and think. Uh, you can't, you can't. I can't, you can't. But we can control what we listen to and what we say. And one of the worst things we listen to is that self-talk thing, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't deserve this. Or I, you know, I, I should suffer for this. Or uh, this is never going to end. Uh, there's no hope for me, whatever it is. Uh, choose who you listen to and say. And the weird thing about what people say to us is this. If somebody says a bunch of nice stuff to you and one negative thing to you, what do you remember? Isn't that weird? I mean, 10 of you can tell me I had a great sermon and somebody told me, yeah, it was lousy, Pastor. And all I'm going to remember going home, I would talk to my wife, why was the sermon lousy? You know, it's just, just, just our nature. So control what we listen to and what we say. So who is our God? Who is our God? And we do a couple of verses out of the, from the psalmist that plugs in here what we're talking about. Who is our God? He is our refuge and strength. It's neat we call our student ministry refuge, right? He is our refuge and strength. I like to use the word provision. I told our, our leadership, you, the church pays my salary, but you're not by provision. Those of you who have jobs, whoever your employer is, I get Social Security, some of you do, the government's not our provision. Who's our provision? Yeah, God's our provision. So God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our provision. Always ready to help in times of trouble. All right? We always got help. Always. So consequently, we don't need to be afraid. Even when there's an earthquake. I've never been in an earthquake, but, and, and the mountains crumble to the sea. But that would seem pretty scary, right? So I don't know your storm. Somebody here might be going to lose a job. That's pretty scary, right? Financially as well as what's your future going to... Some of you may have rocky relationship with spouses or with children or adult children or uh, there's addiction somewhere in the family, uh, health issues. My wife and I both now are dealing with health issues. Kind of crazy. God is our refuge, strength, provision. Always ready to help in whatever storm you and I might be in. So peace is not found, I'm going to reword this, in the absence of storms. Next slide. 
Peace is found in the presence of a good God. So whatever storm you're in, if it's not going to take you out, as we say, (laughs) if that's not the end, then God has a purpose. He's going to be there with you through it. He's going to get you out of it. And you're going to, if you're teachable, <laughs> you're going to learn something that you can use to help somebody else through their storm. So here's your assignment or challenge for this week. Whether it's a storm you're going through now or one you've gone through in the past, like our marriage issue, what did you learn in a storm? Hopefully you learned something. You're more mature. You're more uh, capable of dealing with life. So we want you to be proactive. We want you to be on the lookout. Not waiting for people to come to you. Be on the lookout for a person who wants you to help with what you learned. God wants you, excuse me, God wants you to help with what you learned. So I pray that you would take that seriously. I truly believe that God has somebody out there for you to help through their storm because you've been through it. Let's pray. We'll have another song and then we'll let you go and hopefully see you all Tuesday evening. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for these encouraging words, these real words. Yeah, life is tough. There's going to be many trials. Uh, We don't go through any of this alone. In fact, I can't imagine going through it alone. You're right there beside us. You even bring your messengers, angels to assist us. So thank you, God. Give us opportunity to share what we learned. And of course, always pointing people to you, Jesus. Because you're the source of our, you're our provision. And anyone here that's not a Jesus follower, we're delighted that you're here. If you have this desire in your heart to connect more with God, you can just pray that prayer. God, I want to connect with you. Uh, you can pray a prayer of, of forgiveness. God, forgive me for my sins. And, and I, I want to accept your son, Jesus, to become my Lord and Savior. You can pray that prayer. Um, enter God's family. Uh, God will come in and dwell in you and also be beside you. Uh, God, we thank you for these promises. We say we believe, but I truly hope we do believe what you say. In Jesus' name, excuse me, amen.